Hey folks, welcome to Josh's Worst Nightmare Oddcast presented by Denver Horror Collective. I'm your host, Josh Schlossberg, author of Moline and the eco-folk horror novel Charwood coming August 21st, surveying the dark landscape of biological horror fiction. For this episode, we are graced by the presence of Candace Nola, our silver bullet. See why I said that in a minute. Candace Nola is an award-winning author, editor, and reviewer. Her books include Breach, Beyond the Breach, Hank Flynn, Bishop, and Earth versus the Lava Spiders. She has short stories in the Baker's Dozen Anthology, Secondhand Creeps, American Cannibal, and Exactly the Wrong Things. She's creator of UncomfortablyDark.com, which hosts her own work, but focuses primarily on promoting other indie authors in the industry with weekly book reviews interviews and special features welcome to my nightmare candace thank you so folks may be aware on josh's worst nightmare i invite on horror authors to talk about an aspect of biological horror which i would define as living creatures and vital processes kind of broad brush there relevant to their writing in some way or their interest whatever this episode we're going to talk about where creatures so I guess why of all topics, what interests you about that? How is that relevant to your life? Um, how is it relevant? Well, <laughs> my most recent release is about a werebear, <laughs> which I found to be an, an unusual one because everyone always writes about a werewolf and I've seen were rats and cats and things but I've never really seen a bear and I thought well what would that be like and I also kind of wanted to put my own spin on the transformation part of it and not just as oh it's just this instant like hit of rage and all of a sudden they go from man to wolf and it's just, you know, it doesn't really hurt them. It doesn't really phase them. They're just, you know, instant. And it's like, Argh. I was like, but that has to hurt. Like there, there has to be like a process and they have to feel that change. And sure, maybe over time as it happens, they can do it faster, but I would still, like, I still always thought there was some sort of pain involved and that the, that transformation would be a little bit more, like graphic than what it's depicted usually. So I kind of wrote a lot of that into the story. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm, I'm really glad that you said that. So there's two things there that I think are really important. So first of all, what release, what story or book is this? that? Um, Bishop. Okay. Yeah. Right. That has that. Yeah. That has that really iconic cover for sure. Mm. I haven't read that one, but that looks really great. So first of all, I love that you did a werebear because yeah, one of the things I wanted to mention is it's always werewolves. I have nothing against werewolves. I think werewolves are really cool. Uh, yeah. Maybe a were cat. I haven't even heard of the were rat, but I'll take your word for it. But it's almost like it never goes beyond that. And I guess my question maybe would be, why do you think it rarely goes beyond that? What do you think it is about the wolf mostly the wolf, werewolf or the cat, that it just stays in that lane? I think mostly because that was the original story. It's about the werewolf. And wolves are quite fantastically large to 
encounter in real life anyway. So I believe that maybe the original lore behind the story of a werewolf was simply because a wolf could be almost the same size as a man when they are like standing on their rear legs and back in medieval times and all that when there were legends of werewolves and everything it seemed to be a plausible thing especially when you had the oh he was bit by a dog or bit by a wolf and oh they got rabies and oh he changed into this i think they just used it as a way to explain away the things they couldn't explain and a wolf just seemed to be a logical spin into what a human could possibly change into if they were to be an animal I, and I think that over time, people just kept trying to expand on the legend of the werewolf rather than looking at other animals out there. Because potentially, if there's an animal that can change like that into a werewolf, why aren't there other animals that could contract whatever it is that's making the wolf ch change or the person change into a, an, an alternate form? Why is it always just a wolf? Right. Well, I think that's a pretty good explanation. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense to me. I hadn't thought about that because it's almost like, well, why not a wear mosquito, right? But <laughs> I guess that gets into the issue that you brought up around transformation. So yeah, something that is similarly sized, I guess, would make more sense in terms of a transformation without it getting too fantastical. So yeah. I think that makes sense. You know, you go back to the earliest werewolf stories and it's mostly in Europe. It seems yeah. there's a little bit in Asia and Native American skinwalker. I mean, it's it's trans a lot of transformation stuff going on there, but not quite a yeah. werewolf. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's almost just like they picked one and they just went with it. Um, let's see here. What, what I wanted to I want to talk more about the transformation stuff, but I also don't want to leave the bear topic yet. <laughs> so maybe let's finish on the more of the transformation thing and then go into that. But. I mean, I think, yeah, well, wolves, like dogs and cats, right, are the closest affiliated species to humans, too. So right. I wonder if that's got something to do with, we domesticated those, we didn't. Right. So, right. so I'm pretty sure that would have a lot to do with it as well, just because it was something like, oh, well, we could be relatively that size, and they're known to be quite vicious, and wolves do attack humans, and um, I think a lot of like lore and supernatural and magic was our was used as a way to explain away the things that the the past didn't have a way to explain things. And I, I think that a, a lot of that also came from they used it as a way to keep their kids in check. A lot of the lore and the legends and the old nursery rhymes and the fairy tales, that was basically a way for them to protect their kids from the things in the woods and the strangers and all of that. They told these fantastic, frightening, scary stories about these monsters in the woods and all these different things to keep the kids close at home because they didn't have anyone to like watch them and keep an eye on them while they were working in the fields and wherever else so i think they just came up with these just amazing stories really frightening to scare their kids like hey this is what could happen to you and stay out of the woods 
And I do know that plays a big element in a lot of the nursery rhymes and the legends and stuff. Yeah, that would make sense. I mean, in certain areas, I mean, wolves could definitely eat kids. They don't eat adults as much. But cats were pretty much our biggest predator throughout history. In some places, I mean, still in Mm -hmm. India, I mean, tigers do still eat people. So I guess if you tell a kid, there's a a wolf after you they're like oh i like doggies you know i like wolves they're like no it's a wolf man and that scares them. You. <laughs> right so i like that i like that explanation that makes that makes a lot of sense uh i wonder though like you think then in certain places there'd be like crocodile you know because the crocodiles are are definitely a threat to, i wonder if there are stories in places like Australia or Africa or places where they have a coast with crocodiles, if they have mm. where those creatures because they eat kids and people. <laughs> I'm sure it w- w- wouldn't it be a lot like something along the lines of like the swamp man, the swamp thing, and things yeah. of that. Like it would be sort of like a reptilian type of man that come from the swamp and maybe there somewhere in that origin story he was bitten by an alligator or a giant lizard or you know and so he's part man he's part lizard and all of a sudden you have swamp thing (laughs) that makes sense yeah but it's definitely less written about less stories told about it maybe because it's so reptile is so different like uh, Mm -hmm. a mammal domesticated or not is closer to human their reptiles are already such other and they're pretty much scary i guess enough on their own right like a shark doesn't need (laughs) embellishment so maybe that's what's going on but yeah i like what you said about the transformation stuff and yeah so if you talk about it in terms of it's it's where creatures is that perfect intersection between supernatural and, and biological because Clearly, there needs to be a supernatural aspect. We don't really tend to do that in nature very much. Uh, there's lots of transformation in nature, but rarely that abrupt. I mean, you think about caterpillars to butterflies. That's that's right. that's like a where thing going on, but yeah. not but as not that fast <laughs> and not as fast. No, for yeah. sure. So there's magic involved, but then there's physicality. So yeah, that's gonna hurt like hell. Your bones mm-hmm. and your like everything is changing, stretching and breaking and moving and growing and expanding, and then your your skin becomes this hide and there's fur and like your entire facial structure changes and like, even if it happens instantly, right? You would think there's an element of pain that they experience every time, like all of that just happening at once unexpectedly or not it's just like how do you go from human to werewolf and you don't show any of the pain you don't show any of the the actual changing taking place except the usual special effects in the movie where it's man and then there's a bunch of like fur expanding on the arms and then all of a sudden there's their face expands and like a snout and then all of a sudden it's a wolf I was like, those are really the only couple of elements that you really see. And sure, there's a usual like yell or snarl or something like that. But it's more often it's in a tone of like, I'm going to intimidate you and I'm changing to a wolf. It's not a snarl or yell of pain. Oh, my God, this hurts. It's, you know, here I am. Right. It's like, there's 
there's a difference in what that yelling or what that sound is going to sound like. It's not just going to be, hold on a minute, let me do this thing and I'll be right back. Right. <laughs> there's pain involved. Right. No, and they never more... really show that. They never talk about that. I think that's a great point. I, I think that's totally accurate. Yeah, it'd be more like, ah, oh, fuck. Like, like that's what yeah. happens. <laughs> Rather than, oh, yeah, I'm ready to crush you. It's like, I'd probably right. be lying there for a while just to recover. Like, unable to move or stand or like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> right, like, I've tweaked my back before and it's like, all right, this is going to take right. a while for me to get up. Like, their literal yeah. spine is being changed. Crushed and rearranged. Yeah, it's it's just... I've always just found that to be like, sure, I liked the special effects and the supernatural and the instant, oh man, the wolf and all that's great. But I've always wondered, like in the back of my head, like, but why don't they ever show the more human reaction? Because if you're taking a man and you're changing it into a wolf, wouldn't you still have that little bit of humanity in between that transition? Like, wouldn't you see that pain or that fear, or that anguish, like as they're changing? Right. But they never, like, they never show that. They never talk about that. They never expand that. It's just, I'm amazing and I'm a jacked up wolf now, ready to go. And it's like, oh, okay, great. But didn't that hurt? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess because they're trying to make it extra, extra scary and then show yeah. any, any weakness by that animal. But I think that's a, a more three dimensional character is somebody who yeah. actually has. The werewolf is yeah, sad and, and hurting and there's, vulnerable. There's some pain in there. Like it, 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 I, I can't even imagine. Like that would be in the awful existence. And no matter which part of the lore like you cling to, whether it's every night on the on the full moon or every month on the full moon, they change and they have to live this life like that night or that week. Or if they change when they get overcome by a certain rage or a certain like bloodlust. Whatever version of that you cling to, could you imagine that being your existence? Knowing that if you get mad, you're going to change into this thing. Or every time it's a full moon, like, oh, shit. Like, someone chained me to my bed because here I am. It's just, that would have to be miserable. Not to mention the life you would have to lead to, like, hide that. And couldn't really get close to anyone, couldn't really have relationships with anyone because God forbid they know you change into a werewolf or you change at the wrong time and <laughs> bit their head off. Like, So we're talking like lonely existence, not very much out in the world. You know, you're basically living in the woods or you're living like in the night all the time. And then you have this horrible change that ha- happens. So how do you exist like that? as the man and then make something of a life. And then you know that you're changing into this monster. Yeah. That's a whole thing there. That's never really explored. No, I think you're totally right. Yeah. And fascinates me. Yeah. Well, that's, I think those are areas that should be explored more and, and the psychological trauma. I mean, you're shifting into almost if the mind changes, I think in most cases with werewolves are not like human lucid, so it's like you're you're shifting almost into a stage of a state of temporary dementia, you know, where you're that must be upsetting too. Right. And I, I don't know. I, I just think that there's so much more we could do with the actual transformation in that part of the actual story. 
sure the werewolf angle is great or the where whatever it is and there's a ton you can do it with with that but why not bring that other element in as well and talk a little bit about the human experience of that change not just the the physical change you go through but the complete change of your life the emotional change and how you would have to structure your entire life just to accept that you now are this creature. <laughs> what do you do? Do you just jump off a bridge and be like, okay, well, I can't handle this and I don't know what to do. And what am I supposed to do with this? Or do you find a way to embrace it, still have somewhat of a life of your own and embrace the fact that, okay, I can be this. I can help the world in some way by using this. And this is how I get past it for me as the man or as the woman. Or I just think there's a whole wealth of things there that people never try to expand on, which yeah. is why I used it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that is bringing some more of the biological aspect, the biological horror aspect into the werewolf thing rather than just mm. like a magic show and it's poof, Alakazam, right. and you're a new thing. So I right. like that. I like the shape shifting, just what, what that would even look like. Like what are the parts of the body that are changing the tissues moving the nerves? There's a lot, there's a lot to that. And yeah, it always seems to be that they're upset. Oh, I'm going to go out there and kill somebody that will suck, which of course it does. But I think I'd be more worried about, man, this is going to hurt. <laughs> this is going to hurt me. I'm going to do this first. Yeah. I wouldn't. How do you get used to that? Even though I'm sure every time they, they become accustomed, but how do you get used to that level of pain every time? Right. There's no way to prepare for that amount of pain every time, no matter how many times it happens, every time has to be like a jump scare, like, oh, here we go. You know, it's like, you can't prepare for that. It's, I don't know. That's a whole other level of pain. It's like, you actually have to die in the worst imaginable way and come back as this creature right so right and even after the transition i would think you'd still be really inflamed at the very least right. like tissue inflammation right. something i i can't imagine that's all just like oh it's an adrenaline rush you know and they don't worry about that till later because they're so angry and they're so ready to go i'm like yeah but that only accounts for a little bit of that and that adrenaline wears off but they just got basically pulverized by a steamroller through no court of their own. And now you want them to get up and fight somebody. Right. And just shake that off. Like, I'm great. No, you're not. No, you're not. Although I guess I could see being in pain and that irritable would definitely help with killing other people. Yeah. Yeah. It would be one way to get that. But they're probably would be all hooked on pain pills, really. They'd just be popping. You, you, opiates. you would think so. So what happens when they change back though? Right. They always show this quiet. So this also bothered me too. So they always show this like quiet, gradual change at the end. And all of a sudden you have a naked man lay, right. laying there, like, oh, and they're hurt or they're beaten up and they're so weak and tired. And it's like but what happened when you changed originally? Like, you didn't feel any of that at first. So why didn't we have a weak, tired wolf laying there trying to get their, their adrenaline back or their energy back? Yeah. Why do we go from this man to this sudden massive wolf that's ready to go to, oh, we're a weak, naked human man laying here again that's too weak to stand? 
Okay, yeah. but that was a reverse change. Doesn't that weaken you when you're changing the first time? Like it always baffled me because they show it, they kind of show that end result, but they never show that effect in the beginning. Like I would imagine it's gonna hurt either way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's good that you think about this stuff because it can give a new spin on things and and maybe there's a reason why, although werewolf film has been pretty popular werewolf fiction there are a bunch of stuff out there and i really like werewolf stuff but it's not certainly raised to the prominence of vampire fiction and stuff like that so maybe it's because of these things that you're pointing out that are just missing and we instinctually are like i don't know about that it's like you've read it already it's like you read one or two and it's like "Eh." right it's been done you watch one or two and it's like meh it's been done. And I that's also why I wrote the story that I wrote because I was tired of that it's been done. I've read this yeah. before. I know what's gonna happen. It's predictable. And in mine, like the whole transformation scene is not anything that has ever been written. It's not anything that people are used to, like, oh, this is new. Like wow you know because he feels it he feels the pain he feels everything that happens i described the whole transformation in detail and no he's not jumping up ready to go like he takes himself off to a different part of the woods away from whoever he's with he goes through the change he knows i need a certain amount of time to get through this and then you know he kind of pulls himself together afterwards and then he goes off to do what he needs to do because that transformation takes a toll every time and it takes a toll on him and he's aware of that he re- he recognizes that he embraces it when it takes place but he also knows i need to go away and do this and recover and get my shit together before i can go chasing this monster and he does that and i i think that's what a lot of folks that have reddit have responded to because it's not the norm it's not just the suddenly magical transformation in the middle of a confrontation that does take place in part two but it's illustrated with he's been doing this for a while and i actually write in in there how he's able to increase the speed of the change but all the parts of the change still take place and he still goes through the pain and he still experiences it. He's just found a way to increase the speed of the change on his own, but everything else is still written in there. It's not a magical sudden transformation. Hey, I'm great. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. I think a lot of the writers just get lazy and they just want to use it kind of as a plot device. And if it's, yeah, if it's not up and at them, it can't go out there and do the blood curdling stuff right away. Yeah. So they're just, they just sure, ignore yeah. it. You just have to write in an extra scene to give them that recovery t- time to, okay, now I can go, you know? And it's just, I think they miss a lot of that more, the more human element and they miss out on the chance to grab the, readers attention a little bit more and draw them in a little bit more to a different part of the story like make this man make this monster more relatable make him feel make him go through the pain let us know what's going on in his head it's not just i'm this horrible monster guy and i don't care for human life at all or my own yes he does 
No one said that they never no one has ever raised their hand and be like, I want to be a werewolf. This is awesome. No. Could you imagine that? No one volunteered. It's a curse. And that's why it's seen as a curse because of the pain and everything, but they never actually depict the man being cursed. Like they never depict like how he feels about the curse. It's just I am this thing and this is it. Yeah. yeah. No, for sure. Uh, it, you gave me an idea for a short story that people who are listening, if you want to steal it and write it before me, fine. So <laughs> a werewolf chiropractor, like he just works on people who, have, <laughs> who suffer from like a lycanthropy. Yeah. <laughs> you get wow, a lot of repeat right? clients that way. You um, sure would, because I would imagine that day after is <laughs> it's going to be painful. Least. So let's talk a little bit about the bear. Why? Why did you bring a bear into that? Why the bear? Well, because it was new. Yeah. Um, I used the Native American shape shifter lore because I'm half Native American. And there's a lot of that in my background. And I took a, a um, spin on it where... So the Native American bloodlines went into shape shift. And that trait was p- passed down from chief to chief to chief to their first born. And because of their spiritual their spiritual connection to the earth and to the land, and the animals and all the different things, they didn't cling to one type of shape. They would shift into whatever their spirit animal was. And that allowed them to protect their tribe. And they could call on the magic of their ancestors' bloodline to help make this change. And they at that that same point, they would call on the spirit of their spirit animal to make that change complete. So I kind of played on those parts of the lore. So the main character in the book is descended from a chief and his spirit animal is the bear. But when he first experiences his transformation, he's only a child. He's only four. And there's this, um, there's an attack that takes place his bloodline kicks in as a way to protect him he experiences this change into this bear cub he has no idea what's happening to him or why or how he's only heard little pieces of the story from his mom and dad who are now dead and he's stuck as a bear for most of his life until he's about 14 before he finally realizes how to get that change to revert. And then he starts to live his life as a man and he lives out in the woods because now he thinks I'm this horrible creature that I can't go around anyone. So he sort of exiles himself. And through that, he learns how to go through the change, how to use it, how to call upon the bloodline to make that change when he needs it he's not a i'm going to change at the you know the um full moon he changes when he needs it and he calls on the help of his spirit line 
to help him with that. Um, and that's how I used the bear. That's how I made it all work because the main character in the book is a Native American man. And I played off of the lore with that and how that bloodline change worked. And that allowed me to introduce something other than a wolf because now I'm using whatever their spirit guide was rather than we only have a wolf. Because yeah. if you read a lot of the Native American lore, they would change into panthers and eagles and hawks and falcons, like all sorts of different things to help them protect their tribe. And it was usually based on whatever they felt they were most spiritually connected to as an animal. Hmm. So he's a bear. Cool. Well, I have to say bears are more frightening than wolves are. Uh, I mean, yeah. statistically speaking, physically speaking, everything about it. So, yeah, I would say a bear, a werebear would scare the shit out of me a lot more even than a werewolf. I mean, I guess they yeah. will tear me apart. But uh, having knowledge of bear stuff and then knowing how important that is to certain tribes as well. I mm. mean, you know, in this part of the country particular where I live, Colorado and everything West, the mm -hmm. grizzly bear was much revered by the tribes right. and, and not, not even just, not just feared, but revered right. creature. And uh, so that's really cool that you touch into all that. Yeah. And he's not your usual, like he can actually spend months and years in the shape of a grizzly like he can live that life as the pair. He can live as a man, but there's a hybrid that takes place where he's actually a werebear and okay. he's the mix of both. And you can see like arms and legs and his abs and the muscles, but he's the head of the bear and fur and the whole nine yards. So I made him like a three part monster, not right. just, you know, Mando, this wolf hybrid he can do all three so that's cool that's all, that's actually i also cool. like so yeah because you can have different experience in all of those it's mm -hmm. that halfway point almost that missing link between humans and animals right that's a really interesting place to explore but then also the full transformation into an animal and being able to live in that world that's really cool yeah, yeah. that sounds awesome yeah. well i think Probably we could talk for hours on the the wear creature thing, but I think we got we covered a lot of the bases there. Um, so maybe tell folks what are you working on now, and where can folks find your work? Well, you can find everything of mine on uncomfortablydark.com. Uh, there's a store link out there as well, which has all of my work. Um, I am working on part three to the wear pair story i'm working on a sequel to my novel hank flynn um i got a couple of short stories in the works and i do have another novel coming out at the end of august called transformation which is another sort of cryptid creature but i'm not going to reveal what that is uh you have to read it <laughs> so that'll be out soon awesome that all sounds really great and glad you're putting out all that work and uh thanks for coming into my nightmare candace sure. thanks for asking me
Thanks for taking a trip with me through Josh's Worst Nightmare, where I, Josh Schlossberg, survey the dark landscape of biological horror fiction presented by Denver Horror Collective. If you don't want to miss any of the great, and sometimes disturbing, weekly episodes I've got planned for you, be sure to subscribe to Josh's Worst Nightmare on a variety of podcast platforms. You can also sign up for Josh's Worst Nightmare e-newsletter at joshsworstnightmare.com, where I share a whole squirming mess of bio-horror, including my infamous haiku horror reviews and my latest dark scribblings. Speaking of which, if you haven't already picked up a copy of my cosmic biological folk horror novella, Moline, from D&T Publishing, you can find a copy of the paperback, hardcover, or ebook at Amazon, Godless.com, or Josh'sWorstNightmare.com. Yours darkly, Josh Schlossberg. <laughs> <laughs>